0: Welcome to the Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Bridget. Now let's grow together. I was having a conversation the other day and sharing about one of my light bulb moments last year related to building Bridget. And one of those moments was about how I decided to really focus on building Bridget. As I mentioned before in previous episodes, you know, I thought for so long. Doing for other people was my life. I thought the more that I gave of myself, the better mom, the better wife, the better daughter, friend, coworker that I could be. But what I was often getting was depletion and exhaustion, and I didn't feel fulfilled. As I spent more time dialing inward and pouring into myself first and focusing on ways that I could become better, then that allowed me to be able to do the same for others. So the more I focused on my growth, the more I found opportunities to help others grow. The more I focused on forgiving myself, the easier it was for me to forgive other people. The more I focused on loving myself and practicing grace, the more I was able to love on other people. So this started to really have kind of a butterfly effect on the way that I was living my life and applying that, the principles and the discipline that I was having for myself and being able to pour out onto others. As I was navigating this growth journey, one of the biggest influences I wanted to have was on my children. You know, I wanted them to see my motivation and that inspired them to create their own. I thought if they can see me breaking down 40 years of what I had learned, unlearning that and applying that now, then they could start to do that and be years ahead of where I was. This was definitely easier said than done. They're still at the process of learning and having experiences about life, figuring things out how to react, how to process feelings and emotions and developing and becoming the type of person that they will bloom into be someday. You know, as a parent, it is hard sometimes to see your children hurting or discouraged. I have a natural tendency to want to step in and fix it. That's just my nature. You know, I I want to make everything better. While this sometimes may be the easiest solution, it's not always the best solution. It doesn't teach my girls fundamental skills on how to deal with adversity or how to make choices and decisions on their own if someone's always doing it for them. So, I want to share with you two of the most common fears in life are number one, the fear of not being good enough, and number two, the fear of not being loved. Not so long ago, I was having a conversation with my daughters about how everyone is unique in um, their own talents and gifts. And just how different the four of them are, you know, explaining that we all have our strengths and weaknesses. You know, one of them may be better at math than the other. One of them may catch on to things faster while the others have to work at it. I've got one that's naturally witty and the others kind of have a dry sense of humor. And it's so funny how they have similar traits and talents. And yet there are other things about them that are so uniquely different. So my daughter was talking about, you know, she's just not catching on to a sport that she really enjoys. She is fascinated with the process and learning it. It's difficult sometimes to see others who are excelling at that or excelling at multiple things. She's beating herself up because she might be really good at one or two things. And then she sees others who can excel at multiple things. And at a very young age, it can be hard to watch this happening before your eyes and to know and understand how you're supposed to react. And it's easy to let the dialogue of negative self-talk start to creep in using words like, I can't, or I'm just not good enough, or I'll never learn to do such and such. However you want to fill in the blank, these are limiting beliefs. Don't talk to yourself that way. Your subconscious doesn't know the difference. Don't let your children talk to themselves that way. Stop and ask yourself, what can you do? How can you become better? What do I already know that I can apply? Then figure it out. There's always going to be a solution to your problem. Remember, we talked about everything is figure outable in first or second episode. It is, unless it's a law of nature, death, or gravity, you can figure it out. It's possible. So you've got to start to look at what tools do I already have in my toolbox? I may not be good at this, but I can work at it and I can be better. Nothing has meaning other than the meaning that we give it. And if we tell ourselves that we can't, Then that becomes a belief in our mind, and that leads to our actions. Our words become flesh. So pay attention to what's being said in between your ears. If you train your brain to shut down possibilities, your mind and body are gonna follow. So start to change your beliefs, and you're gonna change everything else. Lately, I've really tried to pay close attention to four letter words such as can't and won't with myself, at home with my family, with my girls, at work, but especially with my girls. When I hear them say, I can't be good at math. Yes, you can. You know, maybe it's not your best subject, but you can study harder. You can do it. Can you learn to start running? Absolutely. You may not have a natural ability or you may think running sucks, but just start. You know, it means that you're going to have to practice and build up endurance and get better. Can you learn a new language? Sure. Why not? So many times we're so scared because, again, we've let that belief in our minds, we told ourselves, I'm not a good runner. I can't do this. And that's what our mind is trained to think. You know, our brain is, is already programming to shut everything else down to say, nope, remember, you're not a good runner. You don't like to run. You've, you've ran when you were younger. You hated track. It's not going to work out. We start to, those thoughts start to creep back into the present moment and we create these limiting beliefs. I love macaroons. I love them but I've steered clear of making them because I've always heard how finicky they can be to make. So I've just said, not going to try it. I've always kind of been a break and, and bake kind of girl. You know, I'll go get the package of cookies, break them out on a pan, put them in, boom, you're done. My sister, she can do anything in the kitchen. She's not afraid at all. She can make macaroons. I don't I hope I'm saying that right. Macaroons, macaroons. I don't know. Anyway, However, don't judge. Um, she can just whip those puppies up, and she's not afraid to do anything in the kitchen. And I thought, you know i can I can do this. I can practice. I can figure it out. I can follow the foolproof recipe. I can learn how to to get the right footing and make some amazing macaroons. So if you're listening and you know how to make macaroons, then shoot me a message, Give me all the tips and tricks because I would love to know how to do these. This is one of my goals for twenty twenty one it is happening. So I appreciate the advice in advance. But instead of thinking about how hard, I could easily start to go down this rabbit hole of it's hard, you know, you've got to weigh out the flour, all the ingredients, you know, it's not not a simple process. But if I start to tell myself how hard something's going to be, then I'm only thinking about the negative. But if I start to envision, you know, what it's going to feel like to be on the other side of that, to learn a new skill To learn a new language, to learn a new craft, make macaroons, whatever that might be. And I start to think about how proud I'm going to feel once I've mastered that. You know, don't focus on going from zero to a hundred. Focus on going from one to two, then two to ten, then ten to twenty, and so on. You know, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take it one step at a time so that you don't get overwhelmed. So that's what I'm gonna tell myself when I start to make these macaroons. I'm gonna tell myself, okay. I may throw the whole batch away, but that's all right. I can start again. You know, I can learn and I can figure out my oven and how it's going to to work with the ingredients and I will get it right. You know, tell yourself that you're just going to focus on being great today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Rome was not built in a day and it is amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's beautiful and it's still around. It was built hundreds of years ago and it's still around today and it's built so well that we can still appreciate its beauty now. So let's live our lives like that so that we can create something beautiful that's still impacting others for many years to come. Okay, so now I'm going to talk a little bit about seeking approval um, of others and, and how we go through life really striving to seek the approval of everyone else because, you know, maybe we were always praised by our actions and behaviors, and it's just a natural tendency to want to feel loved and appreciated by others. It is human nature. We give out words of affirmation as approval and acceptance for behavior that we approve of. We praise our children with words like, good job, and I'm so proud of you. So I want to break this down a little bit and start to maybe see some patterns of those affirmations and those words that we are using, whether that's with ourselves, whether that's with our coworkers, whether that's in your home, and to really understand the impact that these words can have in shaping the person that we are using words like, I'm so proud of you, and good job, and be a good girl. You know, these are all things that we do tell our children. We do tell ourselves on a daily basis and learning to really understand what this looks like later in life or how this defines their actions and behavior and what that means. So I want to look at what happens when They lost the game, or maybe they didn't pass the test, you know, and we give no response. They're going to start to worry that we aren't proud of them. They tried really, really hard, but they just didn't pull it off according to whose standards? Theirs? Ours? Their teachers? I'm not a teacher, a doctor, psychologist, any of that, but I do know when my kids know that regardless of what they get on a test or how many points they score in a game, their effort means more than if they win or lose. Their effort means more than whether or not they got a hundred or whether or not they got their bonus points. When they know it's okay to fail and that failure is an event, it's not a character trait, then they can feel free to make mistakes and learn from that. We have this conversation deck that we play. I know you all probably think, God, this family plays a lot of games, but I'm trying to to create conversations and connections with them, but we have this conversation card deck and it prompts this growth mindset oriented conversation starters with your kids. And you draw a card and you answer a series of questions like, what's one thing that you did today that scared you? Or how did you help someone recently? What are you most proud of that you did today? What did you fail at today? What will you challenge yourself to do tomorrow? You want to talk about having some good conversation with your family? this will do it. But not only that, it encourages them to think bigger than themselves and see moments in their day as just that. Moments. Moments that don't define them, but give them the opportunity to grow and do more or be really proud of the action that they're taking. It allows them to take captive their thoughts and process, maybe this wasn't the outcome that I was expecting, but I'll try again tomorrow. I'm going to link the deck to this deck of cards in the show notes. If you want to grab one for your family, you can. You pick up a card and draw it, and it really creates a lot of conversation. It's even some that, as my husband and I are answering these questions, I have to think, okay, here's what I failed at today, or here's where I need to improve, or here's a dream that I have. And it's good for them to hear those things from their mentors, their idols. They look up to us so much. We want to encourage them to have that growth mindset so that they see things as opportunities. So. Now let's look at this from a different angle. You know, maybe they do excel at something and it goes unseen without the pat on the back. Or those achievements are tied to rewards such as prizes and trophies. And I am going to raise my hand that I'm guilty as charged on this one because I do reward with thanks. It's short-lived. If you're a parent that rewards with prizes, you know, we recently went through potty training and I'm even hearing my 11-year-old saying, if you go pee-pee on the potty, we're going to get you a Barbie. And... No, we're not. We're not going to do that. We're going to say, "Good job! You went pee pee on the potty. You know you're going to be able to go to school next year when you're potty trained." So, we've got to look at how we're motivating them to to do things in life. So again, guilty as charged. I'm not judging anybody. It is hard. It's one of those things that, those multitude of things that I'm unlearning. I'm working through this right alongside of you all. So what happens when they do something and? It's a good something and they don't get any recognition. They don't get the toy. They don't get the promotion. They don't get whatever that might be. As we get older in life, this need for approval is going to start to shape their self-worth and it's going to carry over into their relationships, into their careers, and into their sense of belonging. So I'm deciding today that I'm going to change this direction for my children. Maybe it's something you want to change in your home as well. So this is something that you all can hold me accountable for and reach out to me. And I'm happy to hold you accountable as well. And even if you don't have kids yet, you've got a niece or a nephew or a neighbor down the street. There is somebody, some kid that looks up to you and that sees you as a model and a mentor. So keep that in mind that even though you don't have children, there is still someone who looks up to you and wants to emulate you. So we've got to start figuring out a way to build that confidence within them in themselves first from within. So instead of saying, I'm so proud of you, let's say you should be so proud of yourself. Because when we say, I'm so proud of you, then they continue as they go about life to look for that. Who's proud of me? Is it my parents? Is it my coach? Is it my boss? Is it my spouse? Is it my boyfriend or girlfriend? You know, am I doing everything according to their approval? But it should really be about them first. I'm proud of myself for the things that I've done, regardless if somebody sees me or not, regardless if nobody sees the work that I'm putting in behind the scenes, that I get up first thing in the morning and I'm knocking things out or I get everything accomplished that I want to in a day. Nobody has to see that. But I'm proud of the work that I'm putting in. And that's what we want for them. You know, we want them to be proud of themselves first, because that's when they're not going to be looking for gaining that approval from others. Then that approval and confidence comes from within. It's not up for somebody else to decide. They get to decide. So let's encourage our children to be seen for who they truly are and show up authentically as themselves, regardless of how others see them, regardless of how their parents are going to see them or their coach or their friends or their teachers or their boss. Just be seen for who you are. Be authentic. Be you. And maybe we need to say the same thing to ourselves. I know I do. We aren't always going to be recognized for our efforts, but we've got to do it anyway. We've got to put in the reps. We've got to do the work over and over. Not like Lady Gaga says, we're not going to do it for the applause, but we're going to do it for who we're going to become in that process. You've got to allow yourself to feel good about what you're doing and love yourself and give your best self because your worth does not need to be earned. It's on you. We're in the car playing a game. Again, we play a lot of games. Um, We were playing this game called raise your hand if you love blank. And so raise your hand if you love pickles. Maybe I don't raise my hand. I only love fried pickles. But raise your hand if you love the beach. Everybody's raising their hand. Raise your hand if you love mommy. And when I raised my hand, one of my girls said, mommy, you love yourself? And I said, I do. And I think that's a great thing for them to learn because I love myself. I want them to know it's okay for you to love yourself. So as we were going about and we're changing, raise your hand if you love daddy, raise your hand if you love Riley, raise your hand if you love Hayden. And they started to raise their hand when their name was called. And I want them to know, love yourself first before anybody else. Love yourself first. Don't worry about loving mommy, loving daddy, love you, because that's pretty powerful. So there's a book called The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, and she writes, Love is not something we give or we get. It's something that we nurture and grow. It's a connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each one of them. We can only love each other as much as we love ourselves. Wow. That paragraph really made me stop and think. And I'm going to repeat that for those of you in the back that may not have heard it the first time but we can only love others as much as we love ourselves. So I'm going to ask you, how much do you love yourself? We've got to stop worrying who likes you. If you're blooming and living a life on your terms, people aren't going to like you, but you shouldn't be asking who likes me and who doesn't and protecting yourself along the way. You need to be asking yourself, do you like you? Because the only person that you need validation from is yourself. Your sense of self-worth is not determined by what others think of you. You get to decide. And the only person you should try to be better than was the person you were yesterday. This is what I told my daughter when we were having this conversation. You know, she's talking about, I'm not good at this. I can't compete. I can't do it. I told her, you only need to be worrying about an audience of one you're focusing on yourself. It's not what others think of you. It's not what your coach thinks. It's not what your teammates think. You're playing for an audience of one. There's a quote that I read last year by Maya Angelou about belonging. And I didn't really understand it at first, but as I began to bloom on my own, it made perfect sense. And this is one that I shared with one of my friends. And I kept saying, you know, it was so powerful for me when it finally sank in. And it goes like this. That you are only free when you realize you belong no place, you belong every place, and no place at all. The price is high, the reward is great. Most of us are going to spend our whole lives trying to fit in and belong, and the desire to be accepted is high, and not belonging can bring us so much pain. But when we realize that we should show up and be seen just the way we are, that's where the reward is. That's what true belonging is all about, to belong nowhere but everywhere at the same time when we live life on our own terms. There's an old Japanese philosophy called wabi-sabi, and it's about embracing the beauty in imperfection. And to practice wabi-sabi, you must accept that perfection is an illusion, and that's what makes life beautiful when we look past perfect. When an object is broken, you know, the process of repairing it is called kintsugi. So, during this process, the broken object is mended back together piece by piece, and the cracks are filled with gold. And it's a way to add beauty to the brokenness. So, these cracks and imperfections to me represent our lives. You know, it's the scars and the blemishes and the wrinkles and the stretch marks. It's all of our imperfections, and we're all broken. So, let's embrace our imperfections and let go of being perfect. When we love ourselves with all of our flaws, and all the other things that make us unique, only then can we truly love others. So love yourself so you can love others. You're an audience of one. You don't need the approval of everyone else, just yourself. So I want you to go love on yourself today. Find something that you can do to let yourself know that I'm proud of you and I love you because we're all beautiful just the way we are, cracks and all. So go love on yourself. Go love on those around you. And remember, you belong no place and every place and no place at all. The reward is great. All right. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.